السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك لعبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another episode of our tafsir page by page and inshallah ta'ala today we are upon uh, page 51 of the Quran which is the second page of Surah Ali Imran. In the previous episode we began with the tafsir of Surah Ali Imran and the opening passage of the surah speaks about a number of important issues. From them is the importance of believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believing in the revelation and from those important points is accepting the revelation, all of it in its entirety. And to understand that the verses are, that are clear and the verses that are slightly ambiguous, the ambiguous verses are taken back to the clear ones. So therefore that a person is always sure and is always certain that by Allah's permission they are upon guidance. That they're understanding the Quran in the way that it's meant to be understood as the scholars of Islam from the times of the companions of the Allahu Ajma'in and the subsequent generations who follow them. They were upon their methodology and their path. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that this is the way of the people of knowledge, that they believe in all of the Quran, that all of it is from Allah Azza wa Jal, that they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He keeps them firm upon this religion and that He doesn't misguide them after guidance has come to them, and that they acknowledge that they will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yawm Qiyamah and that Allah Azza wa Jal will hold them to account. In today's episode, we begin therefore with verse number 10. And the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الذين كفروا لن تغني عنهم أموالهم ولا أولادهم من الله شيئا وأولئك هم مقود النار Neither their possessions, Allah says, nor their children will be any use to the disbelievers against Allah. Indeed, the disbelievers will be the fuel of the fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after mentioning as we said in the previous episode those verses about the people of knowledge and the believers and the way that they follow all of the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they make those du'as to Allah azza wa jal for steadfastness and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects them in this life and the next Allah azza wa jal then mentions the other group of people and those are the disbelievers those are the people who reject the book of Allah azza wa jal they reject the revelation they reject the prophets and messengers of Allah alayhi salatu wassalam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that their reality will be that on the day of judgment, nothing that they accumulated of this dunya from wealth or from children will benefit them in any way. So often the mindset therefore of the believer and the disbeliever is very different. For the believer, the mindset should be what is it that we're going to maintain or what is it that we're going to be able to benefit from in the next world on the day of judgment? What will give us salvation on that day? And so that's why the focus of our religion is Iman and righteous deeds. Because those are the only two things that you can take with you into the next life. As for what you have in the dunya, in terms of your property, your land, your wealth, your children, all of these things, they don't benefit you necessarily unless they're used in those two ways that we mentioned. There is Iman in them and there is a level of righteous deeds that are associated with them. You have a child, it can benefit you in the next life. 
So long as that person is a believer, they have iman, and so long as they do righteous deeds and they make dua for you, that you benefit from. You have wealth. If you're a believer and you spend that wealth as a righteous deed in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that wealth then benefits you. But otherwise, as an, as an of themselves, in and of themselves, those materialistic things of the dunya do not benefit. That is the, the mindset of the believer. The mindset of the disbeliever is no, the dunya, the dunya, the dunya. How can I get more and more and more by hook or by crook? I just need to accumulate. And they don't really pay any mind or attention to what takes place after death. So they're devoid of iman and they're devoid therefore of righteous deeds because one of the conditions of righteous deeds, what makes them righteous is the aspect of belief in Allah Azza wa and iman. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala therefore emphasizes this reality in this verse, in verse number 10, and he says that indeed those who disbelieve, neither their wealth nor their children will profit or benefit them in the sight of Allah Azza wa in any way. Indeed, instead they will be from the fuel of the fire. As Allah Azza wa mentions elsewhere in the Quran, that the fire of hell, its fuel will be men and stones, people, humans, and stones. Those are the two things that Allah Azza wa will will cause the fire to be fueled with. In verse number 11, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us that this was the way of those people of disbelief who came before. Just as Pharaoh's people and their predecessors denied our revelations and Allah punished them for their sins, indeed Allah is severe in punishing. Allah says that just as this happened, although these people will not benefit from their wealth and from their children on the Yawm Al-Qiyamah, then it's exactly the same as Pharaoh. What did Pharaoh have? Didn't he have palaces and armies? Didn't he have wealth and gold and silver? Didn't he have all of the trappings and the adornments of the dunya? Did they benefit him? Did they benefit the people who came before him, the nations of the likes of Hud and Salih and Lut and Ibrahim and all of the other prophets of Allah Did it benefit them that they accumulated so much of the dunya but ignored the akhirah? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ali Just as these people will be punished, it will be like those who came before them, like the people of Pharaoh and those who preceded them as well. They rejected, denied our verses, our revelations. So Allah punished them for their sins. Allah punished them for their disbelief and their sins. Indeed, Allah is severe in punishment. Wallahu shadeedul iqab. Do not think, therefore, that Allah's punishment is something which is light, something that should be taken lightly or dismissed lightly. Rather, it is something which is extremely severe. In verse number 10, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues and He says, Say to the disbelievers, You will be defeated and driven together in hell, and indeed it is a foul resting place. This is something which Allah Azza wa tells us again of the reality of the people of the fire. Because often the people of disbelief think that they have the strength and the power to do as they please. That their wealth and their status and their fame and so on, these things give them a, a sense of entitlement or a right that they should be saved or that they should be prosperous. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to them, tell them that the reality is that they will be defeated. And that defeat can take place in this life or it can take place in the next life. And even if it is a defeat in this life, 
then in the next life they will be thrown and driven towards the fire, and that is an evil resting place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse number 13, he then continues and says, قَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ آيَةٌ فِي فِئَتَيْنِ الْتَقَتَى فِئَةٌ تُقَاتِلُ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَأُخْرَى كَافِرَةٌ يَرَوْنَهُمْ مِثْلَيْهِمْ رَأْيَ الْعِينِ وَاللَّهُ يُؤَيِّدُ بِنَصْرِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَعِبَرَةً لِأُولِي الْأَبَصَارِ You already have a sign or you have already seen a sign in the two armies that met in the battle. One was fighting for Allah's cause and the other made up of disbelievers. With their own eyes, the former saw the latter to be twice their number. But Allah helps whomsoever he wills. This truly is a lesson in those who have the ability to see and have insight. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this mindset that we just mentioned, the mindset of the believer, as opposed to the mindset of the disbeliever, the reality of this situation, that the believer is the one who focuses on the akhirah, knowing that Allah will then give them the blessings of both, the dunya and the akhirah. Whereas the disbeliever only works for the dunya, and as a result, they are found or faced with defeat in this life and the next. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you have already seen this happen plainly before your eyes, addressing the Prophet sallallahu and the companions who lived with him at that time radiyallahu anhum ajma'een. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ There was already a sign for you in this reality. فِي فِيَتَيْنِ الْتَقَتَى In the two armies that met in the battle. And we're referring here to the first battle of Islam, the battle of Badr. So this surah is a surah that's going to speak in more detail as we progress inshallah ta'ala. It's going to speak in more detail concerning the battle of Uhud. But Allah Azawajal mentions here that before the battle of Uhud, you already saw this as a sign. The two mindsets and the way that this believes and the repercussions of each one of them is something which you saw play out on the battlefield of Badr. One of those two armies, meaning the Muslim army under the leadership of the Prophet ﷺ, was an army that was fighting for the sake of Allah kafira, And the other one was a disbelieving army, the Quraysh and the, and the disbelievers of Mecca. When the believers, the Muslims, looked out towards the Qurayshite army, they saw them as double their number. And we know that they were at least double their number because the narrations that we have concerning the Battle of Badr says that the Muslims on that day were some 300 odd, whereas the non-Muslims or the disbelievers of Quraysh were nearly a thousand or around a thousand in number. That is literally triple the number of the Muslims. Allah Azawajal says just from plain sight, without even having to count, you could see that they vastly outnumbered you, that they would double your number in size. And that is usually something when you come and an army finds itself faced by double the number, meaning for every two enemy soldiers, there is only one of you. That's something which would naturally cast fear and a level of trepidation within the heart. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاللَّهُ يُؤَيِّدُ بِنَصْرِهِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ But Allah Azza wa gives His assistance, His divine help to whomsoever He wills. As we know He did, subhanahu wa ta'ala, on the day of the Battle of Badr, when Allah Azza wa sent down, all of the angels in their armies to come and give assistance to the believers on that day. Indeed, in that there is a lesson for those with true eyesight or insight to see. There is one 
sight, which is just that you see what is visible in front of you, plain sight, just what you can see. But there is insight when you see what is behind, what is visible to the naked eye. When you see the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the believer is always told to be of the second type of person. Both of them see, both of them use their eyes. But the first one is the one who only looks at the apparent. And that is the disbeliever. They only see the dunya. They only see what is apparent. Whereas the, the one who is truly a believer in Allah Azza wa Jal, they have insight. They see beyond what is just the apparent sight, and they see beyond that to what is the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the believer is the one who when they travel, when they come across people, when they're in different situations, they're able to link their back to the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the iman in Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse number 14 he then tells us the reason as to why people are like this. Those people of disbelief who spend their lives worshipping other than Allah Azza wa Jal and who are deceived by the adornments and the beautifications of the dunya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now in verse number 14 tells us this reality. Tells us what it is that causes a person to be taken away from Allah Azza wa Jal. And this is a warning for the believers because we as Muslims are not, are not, um, are not impervious to this. We don't have some type of shield around us that stops the dunya from penetrating our hearts or the desires of this dunya from penetrating our hearts and weakening our iman and our resolve. We don't have some type of special powers. Just as it happens to non-Muslims, it can happen to a Muslim. Just as they are affected by the dunya, many Muslims, all of us are affected by the dunya. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to be aware of this reality because it is extremely difficult to see it is extremely difficult to receive the temptations of the dunya and our desires wanting those temptations and then be able to have the self-discipline to ward them off, to have the patience and the steadfastness to ignore them and to continue upon the journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is something which requires a level of iman and requires a level of ibadah and turning to Allah azza wa jal constantly and continuously in remembrance to Allah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah azza wa jal tells us in verse number 14, زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ وَالْخَيْلِ الْمُسَوَّمَةِ وَالْأَنْعَامِ وَالْحَرْثِ ذَلِكَ مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَاللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حُسْنُ الْمَآبِ The love of desirable things is made alluring for men. From those things is women and children, gold and silver treasures piled up high, horses with fine markings, livestock and farmland. These may be the joys of the life, but to Allah is the best place to return. These are the adornments of the dunya. All of these things that Allah mentions here, whether it's people of the opposite gender, children, gold and silver, horses, livestock, farmland, in, in and of themselves, none of them is haram. In our religion, none of these things are haram. In fact, they are mubah, they are permissible for you to take and enjoy it. And sometimes they can actually be means of coming closer to Allah Azza wa Jal and good deeds. Getting married, having children, having wealth that you spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, providing for your family, having those things that benefit you in this dunya and therefore allow you to worship Allah Azza wa Jal better. These things that are permissible can be used in ways and means that are pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jal. Things that can bring you greater reward and greater nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But be warned, at the same time, there are beautifications and endowments. Just as they can lead the one whose mind is firmly, or heart is firmly grounded in Iman, 
and their mind is constantly aware of these traps just as they can be used for them to find ways to come closer to Allah they can be used or not used in ways that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by those whose minds are not firmly grasping the reality of these issues whose hearts are weak in iman whose who's who or people who are deceived easily by the trappings of the dunya so therefore these people of the opposite gender our own children gold silver the property that we own the enjoyments of the dunya from cars and from all of the gadgets and, and the trappings of the dunya that are available to us they can lead the person astray as well they can blindfold them or color their vision they can make them not understand or be able to see what is the reality of the dunya and that they are quickly going towards their death and their grave and will soon, soon stand before Allah to be accounted for, they can make them forget about all of these realities and instead we work just for what is the here and now. Today I have one car but I need to get a better car. Today I have money but I need more money and I just want this money just to continue to immerse myself in what is this dunya. And that is why Allah says, dunya. These are the joys of this life. And so some of those joys are permissible, or if they're used in a way that is pleasing to Allah, that is halal in the sharia, it is permissible. But that is a very fine line. And many people are unable to keep to that fine line because, because of, a, of a lack of iman and a lack of understanding and knowledge of their religion. They often overstep the boundary that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set. And that is why Allah concludes this verse and He says, Wallahu indahu husnul ma'ab, but Allah has the best place to return to. So even though these things are halal and permissible and can be used for means that are good and reward that is good, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the mindset of the Muslim is different. Because if your mindset is the akhirah, you will use the dunya in order to help you for the akhirah. But if your mindset is for the dunya, then even if you do something for the akhirah, it will be few and far between. And that is why Allah says in verse number 15, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, say, would you like me to tell you of those things that are better than all of these? Better than the dunya with all of its trappings and all of its, all of its property and wealth? Shall I not tell you of something that is better than all of this? Their Lord who will give to those who are mindful gardens graced with flowing streams where they will stay with pure spouses and Allah's pleasure they will attain. Indeed Allah is fully aware of what his servants do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, shall I not tell you what is better than all of these trappings of the dunya? What is better than this is that you live a life of taqwa. Lilladheena taqaw, though that you have taqwa. If you are constantly mindful of Allah Azza wa Jal, working for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His reward, working for the akhirah, then Allah Azza wa Jal says that you will have all of these trappings of the dunya a million times better. You will have the dunya and everything in it multiple times more and in a far better way. And you will be able to enjoy it with, with eternal bliss and with full happiness and joy. And Allah Azza wa Jal will make your life one of eternal bliss. That is what the believer works towards. They will have these gardens under which rivers flow, abide therein forever with pure spouses and greater than all of this, they will have the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So on the next page, page number 52, we will take the first two verses because they are linked 
to this this particular issue that Allah Azza is mentioning, and that is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala then goes on to mention how the believers respond. Allah Azza has told us the reality of the dunya with its trappings, and then the way that the believer is. So what does the believer do? Allah Azza says in verse number sixteen. الَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ رَبَّنَا إِنَّنَا آمَنَّا فَاغْفِرْ لَنَا ذُنُوبَنَا وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ Those who say, our Lord, we believe, so forgive us our sins and protect us from the suffering of the fire. That is the way of the people of Iman. The people of the Iman are those who now that they understand this reality, they work towards it. They work towards the Akhirah. They understand that this dunya is finite, it's temporary, it's soon going to finish. And we need to work for what is eternal and permanent and what is more pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah azza wa says, khayrun wa abqa, it is better and more lasting. And so they make this dua, oh Allah, forgive us for our sins, save us from the punishment of the fire. In verse number 17, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a number of attributes of these people. Those people who work towards that reality of the akhirah, work towards seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah azza wa jal gives us a number of their amazing attributes and I want you to listen to this attentively. Allah azza wa jal says, As-sabirina wal-sadiqina wal-qanitina wal-munfiqeen wal-munfiqeena wal-mustaghfirina bil-ashar Those who are steadfast, truthful, truly devout, who spend in Allah's cause and they make istighfar before the dawn. Allah azza wa jal says that these are the people of sabr. Because in order to stay away from the trappings of the dunya, you need to have patience. You need to have self-discipline. You need to have a level of perseverance. And they are truthful. Truthful in their belief in Allah Azza wa Jal. Truthful in their love for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Truthful in their belief in the Quran. And so therefore in whatever situation they're in, they're always a true believer and a true servant of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Qanitin, devout, meaning people of worship, people of prayer, people of sadaqah, people of, 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 of fasting, people of pilgrimage, people of general remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-munfiqeen, those who spend in the way of Allah azza wa jal because they know the reality of the dunya. And so they give some of that wealth that is so precious to them that they spend so much time working so hard for, they give it in the path of Allah azza wa jal. And then they make istighfar and they seek Allah's forgiveness, especially in the time before dawn, before fajr, because they know that this is the time that Allah Azza wa is close to them and more likely to forgive them for their sins. And they acknowledge that despite their best efforts, they are still human. They sin, they make mistakes, they have shortcomings, they do certain things that are acts of disobedience, they fall short in fulfilling some of their obligations and the rights and responsibilities that are upon them. And so they turn to Allah Azza wa Jal making istighfar. And if they do this and they turn to Allah Azza wa Jal and they behave like this and have these attributes, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive them for their shortcomings and Allah Azza wa Jal will increase their reward and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant them that eternal bliss in the next life. May Allah Azza wa Jal make us from amongst those people. بارك الله فيكم وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم